Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka GigPod. This is episode 99, and if I can just say a few words, I'll be a better public speaker. I don't know where I'm getting the energy to even say more than a few words at this intro, because honestly, as you can probably tell, going by the amount of rumours and the photos that were floating about in social media, I am indeed still done in from last night. I'll get into why in a wee minute, but I'm just going to introduce you. To Spunkphone, who is on with me. I can hear by the sound of your voice that you certainly enjoyed your night last night. I was having a look back, actually, in the, the archive, so to speak, for the, the last time you and I were actually on this particular show together. Um, I don't know if you can maybe pull up a different example, but the first one I could find going back through the, as I say, the archives was, uh, I think, November 7th last year, after the, the win at Dens Park. So it's it's been a while, mate, since you and I have been on here. I know I've been on Marito a couple of times, but no, it's, it's good to be back on with uh, with yourself, brother. Well, that makes one of phone, and I just have to say, I, I referred to you as a guest there. That's what it probably feels like, because we haven't been on in some time, but you are indeed part of GigPod, unfortunately. Contract was signed, wasn't it, last year, and you're very much, a mate. you're on the books, shall we say. Are you in a better nick than myself this evening? It's a, a very low bar you're talking about there, Stevie, isn't it? After your, your exploits the other evening. If you want to, to touch on those for the viewers, I'm, I'm more than happy to take a back seat and listen to you, big one. Absolutely not, no. I'm not going to be doing that whatsoever. But I just want to give a very quick shout out to Andy over in Cyprus. When I was out last night in Gracie's uh, with Hamish, Andy, a guy in Cyprus, very good guy. 
listens to the pod. I think he runs or he's part of a CSC over there as well, but he showed me all the podcast I listened to. He has gig pod on it. So even what, 300 odd miles away. No, wait, it's more than 300 and it's punk for it's like 3,000 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> Geography away. But no, the big man is still tuning in. So for anybody closer to home who isn't, there is no excuse not to be a committed gig pod mark as a spunk phone. I'm still over you saying Cyprus is 300 miles away. I've taken over the reads are always uh, that, that is the biggest faux pie of the episode, isn't it? Let's just talk about football and no geography and no me being stupid. So Celtic are still top of the league. We're still top of the league by three points. However, it wasn't pretty yesterday, was it, Spunkphone? That's that's an understatement, Stevie. It was, um, yeah, it was right up there this season as is probably one of the worst and most abject performances that we've seen. Um, but you know, it's the latest, I suppose, in a long line of those at Easter Road. Albeit, we obviously had the stunning victory there earlier in the season, which, uh, thanks to our wonderful broadcaster Sky, was not on television. But yeah, just a really abject 90 minutes and I'd say one that we're you know hopefully looking to, to move on from quickly but we've got to sit and talk about it for the next 20 minutes unfortunately yeah unfortunately for us and probably for the listeners as well but what we do have to discuss how miserable that was yesterday now again I was in 67 Hail Hail which you've probably all seen maybe you haven't check that out on YouTube if you haven't um, and you'll see someday in a massive huff for like 25 minutes that was myself Honestly, it was, it's definitely, you know, even for people that say oh, it's the worst performance of the season, it definitely was, but people were saying, is it really as bad as at the start of the season? Well, yeah, because at the start of the season was actually, you know, against Hearts, for example. Now, I know it was a poor result, but we were creating chances in that game and we were moving the ball quickly. Now, don't get me wrong, at the back, we were a nightmare and always looked like we were going to concede. But certainly going forward, you could see what this team was trying to do. There was... You know, there was like a pattern to the play. There was a style there, and you could tell that Andrew was trying his best to to stamp his mark on that Celtic team as quickly as possible and get his philosophies into play. But I did not see any of that yesterday. There was, you know, they were just so sluggish on the ball. They were moving it. Like anytime they were moving the ball, it was just so, so slow. Juranovic and Taylor were getting it a good 10 seconds later. But it was allowing Hibs to regroup every time. We made it just so easy for them. We couldn't even put Ryan Portis under any pressure at all. Spunk phone at Matt Macy is an awful goalie. And we didn't even work him once. The first shot on target came in 77 minutes. And one of our own players, I believe, blocked it. I think it was Maeda. Again, I've not even looked at the highlights. I just watched the game yesterday. And that was it. That was enough for me. Going all the way back to the lineup. Spunk phone, I, I personally don't think the manager chose the right team. Don't think he's been choosing the right team for a while, but he's been able to get by because we've been grinding out results, and that's all matters at this stage to an extent. But then yesterday you saw that when you're not grinding out results, you're left with a team that frankly have run out of ideas for a while. I think this is just a slump, and I think we will recover from it. But that midfield yesterday, as soon as I saw that, I was like, mm, I think there's going to be a problem here. I don't think we're going to just all of a sudden pick up the pace and put Hibs to the sword. I was a bit unsure myself when I saw the, the, the team, you know, an hour before kick-off yesterday. It, it is the midfield. It, it, as you say, obviously no problem with McGregor being in there. Hitati obviously back in as well. The question mark, I suppose, really was whether he was going to go with uh, either O'Reilly or, or Rogic. And to be fair, O'Reilly, since I think Motherwell away maybe, last three, four games, he's, he's maybe not been just as at it. But when you play Tom Rogic in there, is brilliant as he's been for Celtic over this time here and 
um, even in flashes this season as well. Um, you know, there have been games and performances where he's looked like the, the Tom Rogic of old. Ultimately, as you saw in those two games in, in Europe as well in the, the past couple of weeks, the system suffers. He just frankly doesn't have the the legs. Um, I know it's kind of it's a narrative really that, that, that there's been around Tom Rogic and his sort of Celtic career, but it, it's true to an extent when you see he's trying to press from the front and it, it's almost as if he just doesn't have the, the energy or the will to you know, press defenders at times. And, and there was a few opportunities where with someone in there who's maybe a bit more high energy, we're absolutely to play out from the back, which is what they're trying to now do with with Sean Maloney there. You know, someone in there with just a bit more energy, a bit more legs, supporting the front three players when they're going to press. I think that would have made a, a big difference yesterday. You're right in saying that it was just really sluggish the first kind of 15, 20 minutes. Up until really Jota played that that through ball um, for Abada, um, which a, a brilliant pass, by the way, and Abada was unlucky just to put it the wrong side of the post. I mean, up until that point, it, it was just so sluggish. We were struggling to string more than, you know, two or three passes together, giving away just daft possession, which was a kind of theme that continued throughout the match. And as you say, just not working their goalkeeper anywhere near enough either, not creating enough clear-cut chances. A lot of the time, it was essentially just um, getting the ball to Jota, Abada, Juranovic. It might have been Taylor as well, and just whipping in these crosses and. Look, if you've got Yakimakis, who was obviously a miss yesterday with illness, and then in and around the, the kind of 18 six yard box, perfect because he can get on the end of those. But Meada just doesn't. I know he's scored maybe one or two headers since he's came to Celtic, but I just don't think that's the best way to play with Meada. You want him to make kind of runs in behind the back line and um, run on to through balls and that sort of thing. And I just think the service to him wasn't anywhere near good enough yesterday. I know there was a bit of criticism about his performance and maybe his build-up play at times, but I don't think the service in him was anywhere near good enough from the wide players or, or anyone in that midfield. So, as you say, it was just a really sluggish performance from, from start to end. And I think, as you say, from looking at that midfield earlier, um, you know, before kick-off yesterday, it, it was fairly obvious how how things were going to go. Yeah, it was. And I'm, I'm even noticing people sort of lashing out at Real Hitati as well. Don't get me wrong, he wasn't impressive. But I'm starting to think now his performances are starting to suffer because, it, and again, I'm not just picking on Tom Rogic here who has really picked up the pace this season. He's proved me wrong because I thought he should have been away in the summer. Didn't think after last season Tom Rogic could contribute anymore, but he has. And he's been excellent for the most part domestically. But then it's got me thinking, are we over-relying on Tom Rogic? Are we expecting too much? Because we know that he did have his issues with injury and fitness last season and Ange's got a tune out of him already. I understand that. But if you're asking to get a whole campaign out of him, maybe a bridge too far for him to go for the whole season like that. I think possibly. Um, I, I don't personally think there's any problem with having him as an impact player now because he's not often as anywhere near enough when he's starting. We're not starting with the tempo or the intensity that the manager expects and the fans sort of want to see. I think Matt O'Reilly should be starting in the last 20 minutes yesterday. I'm not saying that we were anywhere near impressive, okay, but what I'm trying to get at is we certainly looked a lot more threatening. And again, I understand the bar is low, but we did look a lot more threatening with Matt O'Reilly on the pitch compared to Rogic. Now, I just think Rogic should be taking out the team for the now. And to be honest with you, I can't wait till David Tumble comes back and a lot of there's a lot of fans out there that don't like Tumble. I personally do rate him. Tumble would make a massive difference to this Celtic side, even just for 
the fact that a lot of people criticise him, you know, when he has a dig from like 20, 25 yards, but we were screaming out for somebody to just take a shot yesterday when it was obvious that we weren't going to be breaking down that hib side. So we things like that were coming into effect for me and I'm looking forward to seeing Tumble coming back. I really am. I could go on about the midfield for the next 15, 20 minutes. I think I've made my point. You've made your point with it. And to be honest with you, I just hope the manager doesn't make that mistake again. But got me thinking, right? And I was saying up to Hamish yesterday, Spunk phone, that the midfield that started against Rangers, the team that started against Rangers. Now, when we went top that night, we then went to Burrowell and we put in an even more impressive performance. But then since then, we've not really kicked a ball. There's been odd 45 minutes here against Aberdeen and then second half against Rafe Rovers. Are we hungrier when we were in second place chasing and when we got to the top? Have we, I'm not saying lost the hunger or desire, but has it changed the mentality? Because me and Hamish were speaking about that. It's almost hard to, you know, prove that and, and dig the team because we are still top of the league one way or another, despite how unimpressive we've been. But do you think it's a mentality thing that this Celtic team, when they were chasing, they were a lot more rabid and tenacious than what they've been since they've actually went to the top of the table? This is something difficult to prove because it's it's an intangible, really, isn't it? Um, in terms of the hunger, motivation as well. Um, when they were, you know, chasing Rangers down, I suppose, as opposed to trying to maintain an advantage at the top of the table. I don't know if it's a case of that. I just think some of the recent performances, recent teams picked by the manager who, you know, Ange is great, 100% backing. I'm not turning on him because of two, three, four poor performances or poor results, whatever it might be. Ultimately, the task he undertook in the summer to have us where we are now is nothing short of, of a miracle, really. I know I've seen quite a few People of a certain persuasion online saying in sort of recent weeks that his perception that uh, he's performing a miracle and, and that, you know, we're fortunate to be in the title race and it's all just down to him being such a great manager's false because the money we spent. I think if you look at net spend, that's obviously just a nonsense and obviously the amount of, of, of just sheer um, volume of players that we had to replace in the summer as well. Um, so, as I say, I'm not digging the manager out here whatsoever. But ultimately, I think the last kind of two, three, four performances, I think it's just been down to selection really more than anything else. I don't think that players have lost their, their hunger, their desire, their motivation or anything like that at all. I just think ultimately in the past few weeks that the, the managers maybe not set the team up to optimise its strengths really and, and, and to capitalise on the weaknesses of the opposition. You saw that obviously in the first leg of the board the glimpse game which I, I know we, we covered and no one wants to to go over again but yeah I, I just think we're maybe not as balanced as we were certainly in that Rangers game or going to Motherwell or maybe in the weeks beforehand as well so I, I think ultimately that's why the, the performances and obviously the result yesterday is, is, is took a bit of a hit and a dip as well but no I, I wouldn't say that there's been any noticeable change certainly in the mentality of the players or anything like that at all I just think as I say that it's been three or four poor performances and um, I think ultimately it's came down to, to poor selections more than anything else Let me ask you this one a lot of people I've been speaking to about the manager about the fact that he doesn't deviate from his philosophies or his game plan he always says he'll play the same way no matter what whether that's against Leverkusen or Livingston which we'll come on to I'm sure it's not always a good thing Got me thinking about, you know, like recently Marcelo Bielsa at Leeds. He's away now because he was only playing the same way. He never had a plan B. He couldn't deviate from his philosophies. Now, granted, he was 
hammered with injuries down there, but the amount of goals um, they conceded, teams were just loving playing against Leeds. Such a, an easy team to play against, and you could just cut through them. And that's what I sometimes worry about the future we end with a Celtic team, and I hope to go with them wrong because I, I love the guy. I admire him as a manager, and he's what wonders with us, but it's when he says he'll never deviate from his game plan. He won't ever have a plan B, and I'm always thinking to myself, it's not always the way to go. And we saw it, you know, with Bielsa leads there. For all the plaudits he's taking about that wonderful attacking football, for all the crowds love him. And because he has a cult of personality as well, he's ultimately out of job um, and leads on now back to square one, having to rebuild under a new manager, having to survive now under a new manager. And I just don't want us to ever be in that position under Ange. I would like the manager to have a plan B at times. Yeah, and I, I get where you're coming from. Um, I, I think if you're if you're one of the kinds of the managers, i.e. a Bielsa, Ange, obviously we're kind of putting the same bracket in the sense that he, he doesn't like to deviate from his philosophy. You always run the risk, obviously, of um, you know whether it's teams figure out who to play against you. You know, maybe you're not pragmatic enough against certain opponents. Yeah, I mean, it's something you always run the risk of. I, I don't think we're into that territory yet. As I say, I think it's just been poor selections over the past couple of weeks are ultimately what's led to a bit of a dip in the, the performance levels and, and then obviously dropped points yesterday. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's something you've always got to be wary of. And I'd, I'd like to think, Andrew, as much as he you know, always says that he won't deviate from his philosophy and this is the way we play and, and that's the end of it. I'd like to think that he's still wise enough to know that there are maybe certain circumstances where he will have to, to deviate from that philosophy, possibly play a slightly different way, take a, a slightly different approach. You're looking at obviously Livingston next week is a, a big example of that. And, and just week in, week out, I suppose, in the Scottish Premiership as well, where, you know, nine, nine or ten of the other 11 teams in the division, you're always going to be playing against low block, two banks of four, or one bank of four and a bank of five, one bank of five and a bank of four, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's something, as I say, you always run the risk of if you're a manager who doesn't like to deviate from the philosophy, but I still don't think we're at that point yet. I think it is, as I say, just a case of, of some poor selections, a lack of balance in the midfield over the past few weeks, and ultimately that's what's what's cost us yesterday. Um, but I don't think we're into Bielsa Leeds territory just quite yet. And that lack of balance is also impacting our front three. They're getting a lot of abuse as well, but when they're not getting any service, Maeda especially, what more can they do? I mean, yesterday, the amount of fans call Maeda a dud and everything and a fraud, like, Entitled to their opinion, but when a striker's not getting any service and we're, you know, we're floating cross after cross to a guy who isn't a traditional number nine, what did he expect here? Yeah, no, exactly, and it's it's kind of what I touched on as well when I was talking about the game at the, the start there. Um, you know, it's all well and good firing these balls into the box, be it Juranovic, Abada, Jota, Taylor, whoever it is, whipping these balls into the eighteen yard and, and six yard box, but. If you've not got somebody like Yakimakis, for example, who is a number nine and wants to get on the ends of these sorts of crosses, and um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not the best way to, to play with me. I, I think some criticism of his performance yesterday was justified because ultimately I don't think his link-up play was anywhere near the level that you would have hoped for yesterday. But in terms of um, the service he got, it was nothing short of a disgrace at times. And yeah, I mean, ultimately, as you say, if we're just putting crossball after crossball into the box, I don't really know what we're expecting the Adder to, to do with it. For all the fans here, I already had to give Rizzo a telling off with 
this pronunciation. It's bunk phone goes with his own. Is it Miada you've been calling him? I'll be honest, it changes every time I say it. I'm not actually 100% sure myself. So if if someone can point me in the right direction, I'm more than happy to to change my pronunciation. I had a bit of a go actually at Andy Walker the other day for saying Yota instead of Jota, which I've got a cheek to do, obviously, because I'm sitting here pronouncing another one of our players' names wrongly. So um, apologies to all of our wonderful listeners for that if uh, anyone was offended. You would never be a hypocrite. Let's just also say Hibs were a disgrace yesterday. They didn't even try to play football. Now, I know that they had players missing and it was like just, it was survival territory for them yesterday just to get a point out of that game. But they ruined it when not coming out to, to make an effort and even trying to go for a win. Like they had a chance in the second half where it hit again hit off one of their own players. Don't know if it was going in or not, but that was pretty much it. Other than that, they were backs to the wall. And it got me thinking, you know, part, alongside dropping points, which I was raging at, I think it was the fact that, you know, see if we drew an all spunk phone and it was like Macy made some saves and we created so many chances, we just couldn't finish them, but it was end-to-end or we totally dominated and we looked threatening. It was just one of the days you'd be like, fair enough, what else can you do? Just a bad day at the office there, it happens, but it was because we created next to nothing that just wound me up and it was a terrible game of football to watch and why is it no-no games against Hibs in recent years, spunk phone? And I know you're going to talk about this as well with detail. Why is it they always seem to be the worst games Celtic are involved in? They are just always the most drab fairs imaginable, particularly the ones you get at, at Easter Road as well, which I know we've, we've, it's a venue we've struggled at since they were promoted back into top flight. Um, but no, I mean, that was abject yesterday. And um, I think if, if you've got a couple of other examples there you're wanting to, to rattle off as well. There was the game, was, it was our biggest celebration of last season when finally the 2020-2021 campaign was brought to a close at Easter Road. It was a nil-nil affair then and it was just so bad. And then you had the one under Neil Lennon in 2019 when he was still the interim manager. It was nil-nil. I think, no, I don't think Oliver and Cham get sent off in that game, but I remember him being... Like there was there was a lot of bad performances, but he took the biscuit. He was utterly shocking that day. And then if we can go even further back, I remember 0809, the second last day of the season. All we needed was a win at Easter Road and we drew now now there. But again, I know we created next to nothing. It was only in the last 10 minutes that we were throwing men forward and we nearly scored a couple at the end. But every game against Hibs that's now now just tends to be an Utterly terrible a game of football. Spunkfone, what other terrible games can you think of like that like in recent years that has just been such a dismal affair? If we think back to, to last season, Stevie, obviously we were spoilt for choice there, but I, I, I would go along the lines of, and, and it's rather fitting, obviously, given that we're away there next uh, next weekend. Any of our kind of recent trips to the the Anthony Macaroni. Um, you had obviously, I think it was, was it the first one there under Brendan? Was a, a no-no Ryan Christie gets sent off? He gets sent off in a 2-0 game. Under You're Lennon. right enough, actually. Yeah, yeah. That no-no one under a, a good good old Rizzo was at that game. And <laughs> I don't think Rizzo has seen us score the Anthony Mac. And I don't think, I think Rizzo hasn't seen his score there. But Hamish hasn't seen his win there. In fact, well, we haven't won there, <laughs> I know, but yeah, anytime Hamish has went, we've never won. And anytime Rizzo's went, we've never scored. So I would urge Rizzo and Hamish to please stay away for there on Sunday. However, I think my pleas will fall on deaf ears as Spunkphone 
do you want to hear this one? Hamish is sadly going on Sunday. He's he's going to throw the title away for for everyone. To be honest, I think um, I don't like to buy into this whole sort of um, cancel culture or you know sending waves and waves of abuse to people online. But look, if if we drop points next Sunday, I'm sorry, but um, he is directly to blame, and I hope all of our listeners are aware of that. It'll be bad old Hamish. <laughs> one for one for the oh, One of the all time great shoots in Scottish football. That one, right? Anyway, ending on a positive note, we are still top of the league, and that was because Rangers yesterday yet again what I did. I did not see that one coming, did you? I definitely didn't, especially when I saw they were turning up at half time. But they seem to be on a bit of a. Celtic 12-13 thing at the minute with these European hangovers, which, you know, I'm no complaining about in the, the midst of one of the closest title races that we've had in over a decade. So, no, I, I certainly didn't see that coming yesterday. They've got a very good record against Motherwell, particularly at Ibrox. And like I said, with them, 2-0 up at half-time. I don't think anyone saw that coming in the second half. But thankfully, for our sake, Rangers are idiots. That's enough of the part about Rangers until... They drop points again or we play them, which is on the 3rd of April. Right, well, thanks for joining me on episode 99. If you don't already follow Spunkphone on Twitter, then I don't know what's wrong with you. I just want to put a disclaimer out there. I had to do it on the Instagram account. Uh, Spunkphone, while he's a part of Gigpod, everything else that he does online, where he causes international incidents, is not affiliated with us at all. Myself and Rizzo distance herself from his nutcase antics on Twitter. However... Spunkphone, what is your at on Twitter? I think you're back for like a hundredth time. You're right, I think we're into double figures for these new co-accounts now. I'm back at the minute under uh, super underscore spunk, which is a tribute to Super Max Verstappen, Stevie. Um, funnily enough, actually, the last time I was on the show, as I said, was uh, after the, the win at Dens Park and um, my beautiful baby boy Max went and got a wonderful win at the Mexican Grand Prix that evening as well, right after we'd finished recording the podcast. So, um, it's a tribute to him. Um, I'm sure I'll have to come up with a new app pretty soon as well because I will no doubt get banned um, in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, uh, at the moment, any listeners who want to see what sort of nonsense I'm getting up to on there, uh, super underscore spunk. One of the greats. So yeah, super underscore spunk and Rizzo and myself are likely going to get together for Gigpod episode 100. Can you believe it when we started this in lockdown two? Myself and Rizzo just brought it back for something to do after being infuriated by Celtic, by Neil Lennon's Celtic at the time and texting each other. And we just thought, you know what, why don't we just do Gigpod again for a laugh? And amazingly, a lot of people have also gotten bored with the part on Twitter, more importantly, the podcast, but with the part on Twitter and on the Instagram. People are really, really into what we do. And myself, Spunkphone and Rizzo are really, really grateful for it. It's amazing. Genuinely didn't think that, you know, when we were doing all this again, that myself and Rizzo would get anywhere near 100 episodes. I don't think we get anywhere near 100 for, um, the first time we did Gigpod 1. I think it was like 70 episodes or something. But yeah, it's amazing to sort of get there. And, you know, who knows? The three years might get knocked down or something. I don't know what will happen to Spunk Phone at the weekend. But as long as we're all alive and kicking and uh, Celtic get a result against Livingston, then we'll make sure Gigpod 100 is a right good laugh. But on behalf of myself, Spunkphone and Rizzo, thanks to everybody who tunes in, who follows and who engages with the account. It's really, really cool. And at the end of the day, we are just having a laugh talking about Celtic. So 
it's really appreciated and I'm glad a lot of people are into it as well. So this is the end of Gig Pod episode 99. As I said, 100 will be out probably after the Livingston game. Hopefully we're talking about a Celtic win. I don't want to do the 100th episode after a defeat up there. It would truly be a horrible experience. But just like engaging my spunk phone on Twitter, I just have to make the most of it anyway. So I'm Stevie. You can follow us at... Gigpod on Twitter, at Gigpod on Instagram, but I'm still doing the videos and everything and all that content. A lot more people have been tuning in and engaging. Um, please do so on there, because I'm trying to be more active on there away for the Twitter. And Spunkphone can handle other sides of the business. It, it does so well. So thanks a lot for tuning in. Spunkphone, I'll let you sign out and say cheerio in true Rizzo fashion. Yeah, so I echo all of uh, Stevie's sentiment there. Thanks to everyone for downloading the podcast, um, engaging with us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, wherever it may be. Um, you truly are some of the greats. I don't know how to sign off, like John, to be honest with you. I'm kind of on the spot here, Stevie. But um, yeah, thanks once again, all the listeners. Here's to, to episode 100. And hail, uh, hail, I guess. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.